Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith, and this is episode 147, Trusting in the Only Guard Who Never Sleeps. We just, we never know what a season of life is going to bring. It was almost one week ago when I was recording episode 146 that I had just been diagnosed with COVID, more than likely the Omicron variety of the disease. And for anybody who listened to that particular podcast, bless you, (laughs) because uh, I didn't have much voice whatsoever and I was struggling on so many levels at that time. I feel much better at this point, but it's just coming down with this a second time, it's just been another reminder of just how fragile life can be. And I am recording this episode on January 1 of 2022. And tomorrow, my Sunday school class and I will be discussing our one words for this year. And I always encourage them to spend some time with the Lord, asking him to show them what would be the word for them for this particular year. Because we all have goals, uh, whether we will state them or not. We have certain things that we wish we would improve upon. But a lot of times they are more of the surface level. Oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, I want to get out of debt. Whatever it may be. Not that those aren't important, but rarely do we, on our own accord, look for the deep dives of becoming more like Christ. And that's what the One Word campaign encourages us to do, to to really look and and come up with a theme that is going to help you focus to become more like Christ in this particular year or whenever you are listening to this. As I have been mentally preparing for this week's lesson, I've been thinking about the entire concept of protection because 2021, at least in the States, huge debate, continuous debate on do you get vaccinated, do you not get vaccinated, is it going to matter, or should somebody make you get vaccinated? Like, it's just been craziness. And the thing is, I've chosen to be vaccinated. I would do it all over again. Uh, I was blessed whenever I had this episode of COVID to have a very, very mild, mild case of that. I chose to attempt to get vaccinated in order to give myself a level of protection against this particular virus. But, you know, before COVID hit, how many of us in the United States would have ever even dreamed that we would have been attacked, so to speak, in such a way? Same thing as September 11th, many years ago, Americans being attacked on their own soil, like that just couldn't happen. 
And yet it did. There are so many ways that we need protection from the enemy or enemies. There are so many ways that we need that protection and we truly don't even realize it. It just caused me to think back. I I graduated from seminary in 2005. And when I graduated from seminary, I'm not sure if I even knew what the phrase identity theft really meant. But I was attempting to graduate and in the midst of going out of town to graduate, my identity was stolen. And within the blink of an eye, I realized that my guard had been down And because I wasn't protected in the way that I should have been, any resources that I had were compromised. And literally, I was declared dead. That's that's pretty, pretty serious stuff there. So many times, we have sneak attacks. We have attacks that come at us in ways that we never saw coming. It may be relationally. It may be that somebody you never dreamed would turn their back on you has done just that. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be financial. There are so many ways. And that's why I think this particular lesson in our study, talking about David and King Saul, and King Saul continues to stalk David, and part of it sounds very much like what we've gone over before. But I think that's why this particular lesson for me just is so timely in trying to encourage us to be reminded That if we're trusting in any earthly thing or person to protect us from all harm, we can easily be like King Saul in this narrative and have our guard down. My encouragement to you, as it is to myself, is to just stop. And refocus and place your trust in the only guard who never sleeps. There is no nick in the firewall of the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He doesn't have to take a nap and the defenses be down. He is always, always, always on guard. So this is 1 Samuel 26, and we're going to read the entire chapter, which is something that I usually don't do, but I think I need to keep this one together. Our focal verses are verses 5 and 12, and I will point those out. So again, we've been talking about David. We've talked, we took it like almost a little uh, mini segue, and we talked about Nabal, we talked about Abigail, and last week we talked about David marrying Abigail as well as another lady. And you can go back and listen to those lessons. But now we get back into the stalking of David by King Saul. Very similar to what we've seen before. 
Now some men from Ziph, Ziph came to Saul at Gibeah and to tell him, David is hiding on the hill of Hekilah, which overlooks Jeshimon. So Saul took 3,000 of Israel's elite troops and went to hunt him down in the wilderness of Ziph. I'm stopping there because we had almost that exact same phrase, if not the exact same phrase, in chapter 24. It will never, ever, ever cease to amaze me. Just the damage that Saul's fury, that Saul's jealousy has done not only for himself, but for the people of Israel. He keeps pulling away 3,000 of Israel's elite troops to help him stalk David. Like, it is so out of bounds. So out of bounds. When you've got somebody so powerful and so mentally ill. And the more I look at Saul, the more I am reminded of just that. So now verse three, Saul camped along the hill, the road beside the hill of Hekilah near Jeshimon where David was hiding. When David learned that Saul had come after him in the wilderness, he sent out spies to verify the report of Saul's arrival. David slipped over to Saul's camp one night to look around. Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army, were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. So let's stop just there for a moment. Before David was kicked out of the kingdom because of Saul's jealousy and he had to go on the run, he was the commander of Saul's army. And now Abner, son of Ner, is the commander. And we're going to hear about Abner for a long, long time. So just go ahead and get that name into your memory bank because he is going to come back up many times. And so Saul and the commander of his army were sleeping inside a ring formed by the slumbering warriors. What do we have here? The guards are asleep. Verse 6, who will volunteer to go there, go in there with me? David asked Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother. That's also going to be important in another lesson. I'll go with you, Abishai replied. So David and Abishai went right into Saul's camp and found him asleep with his spear stuck in the ground beside his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying asleep around him. So, you know, they're asleep on the job. There's not one of them that are awake to protect the king. Here you have 3,000 elite soldiers and like nobody is awake. To, well, we're going to find out why. So verse 8, God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time, Abishai whispered to David. Let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't need to strike twice. It was about a month ago when we were talking about the companion text to this, where David had the opportunity to kill Saul, and instead of killing him, he chose to do similar to what he's doing this time and saying, hey, look, I could have killed you. I had you right there and I chose not to. Verse 9, no, David said, don't kill him, for who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age or in battle. The Lord forbid that I should kill the one he has anointed, but take his spear and jug of water beside his head, and then let's get out of here. So David took the spear and the jug of water that were near Saul's head. Then he and Abishai got away 
without anyone seeing them or even waking up because the Lord had put Saul's men into a deep sleep. I just love that verse. So we see God use a lot of different methods throughout scripture, especially in the book of Joshua, but throughout scripture to defeat other armies. I mean, we've seen him send them into a tailspin. He confused them all. We've seen him send hailstorms. We've seen him send a lot of different tools in order to defeat the enemy. This time, he sends sleep. He puts Saul's men to sleep. That's why this particular text today is just beyond ironic. Because God is the only guard who never sleeps. And you, most of us have seen, you know, different TV shows over the years where you've seen that it was almost like freeze tag or something. Whenever all of a sudden the scene just stops and there's one character who's still walking around and still aware, but everybody else is either frozen or they're asleep. That's kind of how I picture this. God uses the weapon of sleep that only God can truly do in order to protect David. Verse 13, David climbed the hill opposite the camp until he was at a safe distance. Then he shouted down to the soldiers and to Abner, son of Ner, Wake up, Abner! Who is it? Abner demanded. Well, Abner, you're a great man, aren't you? David taunted. Where in all Israel is there anyone as mighty? So why haven't you guarded your master, the king, when someone came to kill him? This isn't good at all. I swear by the Lord that you and your men deserve to die. Because you failed to protect your master, the Lord's anointed. Look around. Where are the king's spear and the jug of water that were beside his head? Saul recognized David's voice and called out, Is that you, my son David? Oh, Saul, 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 Saul. Oh. Poor Saul. He was just one sick fellow. And David replied, Yes, my lord, the king. Why are you chasing me? What have I done? What is my crime? But now let my Lord, the King, listen to his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, then let him accept my offering. But if this is simply a human scheme, then may those involved be cursed by the Lord. For they have driven me from my home so I can no longer live among the Lord's people. And they have said, go worship pagan gods. Must, die, must I die on foreign soil? Far from the presence of the Lord, why has the king of Israel come out to search for a single flea? Why does he hunt me down like a partridge on the mountains? Then Saul confessed, I have sinned. Come back home, my son, and I will no longer try to harm you, for you valued my life today. I have been a fool and very, very wrong. Again, in each of these weeks, I have put a resource regarding stalking uh, in the show notes. I mean, this is just one pitiful, pitiful example of what it's like for an abusive relationship or a stalking relationship. David calls Saul on the carpet and all of a sudden Saul's like, oh, David, I'm so sorry. It's all my fault. Come home, come home, come home. Saul didn't change. 
And David didn't come home. He was too smart to know not to do that. And David's not going to do that again. Verse 22, here's your spear, O king, David replied. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord gives his own reward for doing good and for being loyal. And I refuse to kill you even when the Lord placed you in my power, for you are the Lord's anointed one. Now may the Lord value my life even as I have valued yours today. May he rescue me from all my troubles. And Saul said to David, Blessings on you, my son David. You will do many heroic deeds and you will surely succeed. Then David went away and Saul returned home. Wow. So Saul had the protection of the God who never sleeps. But he chose through pride, through disobedience to God's specific commands to walk away and to trust in human guards who not only just need sleep, but that God chose to put to sleep in order to make his point. Psalm 121 verses 2 through 3, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. The one who watches over you will not slumber. How comforting is that to be reminded of? I don't know if you've ever feared for your life. I haven't experienced a lot of that, but I have experienced it. Whether it be from storms or whether it be from humanity and danger. But Who is the only guard who does not sleep? Who is the only guard who can keep you from all harm? I'm going to read all of Psalm 121. I hadn't planned on it, but as I'm looking at it right now, I want to remind us of just the power <laughs> The power of the one, the one and only guard who never sleeps. Psalm 121, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Our weekly assignment in that I ask you, in which area of your life do you most need the protection of the guard who never sleeps? Is it physical protection from somebody who's threatening you? Is it physical protection from the virus? Is it emotional protection? Like, in which area of your life do you find the most comfort to know that 
the Lord, the true guard, never sleeps nor slumbers. Psalm 91, I have read to you before, but I can't, I can't possibly teach this particular lesson without reading back over it and just reminding you of these promises, but also reminding you that these are verses that you can pray over those you love. And in the midst of a pandemic or whenever you might be listening to this podcast, may you be reminded that there is no vaccine that is 100% effective. There is no bodyguard, human bodyguard, that is 100% effective. There is no emotional wall that is 100% effective. The only effective cover comes from the guard who never sleeps. So as I prayerfully read Psalm 91, one of my absolute favorite passages of scripture, may you take in the comfort of these verses. And may you, may you take some time just to pray these over those you love. Starting with verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. And all God's people said, Amen. In the midst of those truths, is there an absolute guarantee that we will never come to harm? There's not. It's not there. It's not there. But do we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if we are in Christ and we are trusting God to be our protection, that nothing will come our way that has not already passed through his wings of protection. 
I find such comfort in that. Whether it be a hurricane, whether it be a disease, whether it be an emotional attack, God is not, he's not asleep. He's aware. He's always on guard. Try as we might, as human beings, we would love to be in a cocoon, or we would love to put those that we care so much about in a cocoon that nothing would ever come to them, no harm would ever come to them. That's not the world we live in. That's heaven. <laughs> it's not going to happen here on earth. But that does not keep us from praying for God's hedge of protection, for his angels to have charge over those we love, to guard them in all other ways. May we look to the hills from whence comes our help. Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He who made heaven and earth will never slumber or sleep. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I encourage you that if you have any questions for me, any prayer requests, any praise reports, you can reach out at encouragingothersinlovingjesus at gmail.com. Still have our Facebook group up and running, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. You just have to request admittance into that group. We will be broadcasting again next week, Lord willing, um, continuing the walk with David and Saul as we just see the twists and turns and just, you know, again, seeking to, to hear from God, seeking to hear from him how we apply these stories of old to our lives today. We can because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our circumstances change, but God's character does not. God's power does not. And God's purpose for your life. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by him. He loves you. And he is going to have his hedge of protection around you. And the only as long as you stay in the center of his will, the only things that will touch you will be those for which he has a purpose. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.